Hi, I'm Jeffrey. Welcome back to Nightfalls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. I hope you enjoyed the last episode The Whispering Pines It was such a lovely story to share I was right there lost with him And funnily enough I actually did get lost in the woods The very same day It's okay because I quite like getting lost And I love little coincidences please do leave me a review and get in touch to let me know if you've had any funny coincidences connected to my stories I hope you enjoy tonight and sleep well before we begin here's a quick word from our valued sponsors who make this free content possible when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player.
come. Join me beside the fire tonight. And let me tell you of the first endless night I ever experienced. On the one evening of the year when Lyra and a handful of women just as wise band their magic together to bend the passage of time to their will. The moon blazes bright in the night sky. Doused in silver moonlight for hours on end, the parts of nightfalls that only truly flourish by the moonlight reveal themselves hour by endless hour. They say that time waits for no man. But that night, I learned that time will indeed wait for Lyra and her friends whenever they ask it to for however long they wish it. Before we settle into tonight's tale, I want to take a moment to yourself to wind down and relax. Lie back. Come to a comfortable position and allow yourself to simply be as you are in this very moment. Let your body settle into the stillness of the night. Let the muscles of your brow soften. Release your jaw. And allow your tongue to fall away from the roof of your mouth. When you're feeling ready, let your eyes drift closed on the day and draw a deep breath in through your nose. As you breathe out through your mouth, feel yourself sink a little deeper into a state of relaxation. Breathe in. And out. Inhale. And exhale. Know that granting yourself this time to breathe, to simply be, is no small feat. So, on your next in-breath, take a moment to thank yourself for having made time to care for your body and mind. Exhaling, release the chaos of the day and allow the stress and strain of it to drain from your body on your out breath. Inhaling. Allow your breath to fill your lungs. Enjoying the gentle stretch as your chest 
opens out and exhale. Breathing in once more, let your breath drift deeper still and come to settle in your abdomen at the very core of your being. As you exhale, perhaps you notice that there's a little more space within you now. Space for you to breathe. Space for you to relax into. Now, if you're feeling ready, tonight's tale can begin. The clearing had been awash with quiet all day. Otto had spent most of his day snoozing on the beach, stirring only on occasion when his tail wagged into the cool water of the lake and disturbed his slumber. Lyra had yet to call on us in nightfalls, and we hadn't heard head nor tail of Anwin, who had seemed rather exhausted at dinner the prior evening. I imagined she was enjoying a lazy day after Lyra made her promise. She would take time out to relax and get some much-needed sleep. It was little wonder she was tired. Winter had finally settled upon the mountains and laid itself thick across the clearing, just as the imminent snowfall would. I imagined that in the water where Anwen made her home, it was harder to keep warm than it had proved for us above ground. We had the heat of the ever-burning campfire keeping us warm. Devani and I had settled into a comfortable quiet and were cozied by that very fireside reading when Lyra finally wandered out of the ravine and around the lake towards us. You haven't eaten already, have you? She asked, her hair looking even more windswept than was usual as she made her way around the lake towards us. We wouldn't dream of starting without you, Lyra, I called back to her. Actually, our dear friend began as she reached us. I've come to invite you to dinner. Her offer came as something of a surprise to Devani and I, particularly given her propensity to avoid helping us prepare dinner each night. Lyra had always offered to clean up and wash the dishes. 
but it had always seemed that she had little fondness for peeling and chopping, searing or stewing. What followed our dear friend's offer was a lengthy back and forth where Devani and I insisted we wouldn't want to be any trouble. And Lyra held firm that cooking dinner for us would be no trouble at all. By the time we had finished with a polite amount of toing and froing over her offer, and begun to follow her back through the ravine to her cottage. The moon had already crept into the sky above us, and the stars were just beginning to surface. As it transpired, Lyra was quite the host. While star dinners by the campfire in nightfalls had always been a casual, cosy affair. Lyra had used her magic to grow a long, low-set wooden table beneath the shelter of the forest canopy. At each end of the table, thick tree trunks grew from the ground. Instead of growing upwards, their branches stretched out towards each other, knitted neatly together to form a tabletop, rather like the wicker ones I'd seen in gardens before. Soft, hand-stitched cushions lined the ground at the edge of the table. It didn't escape my notice that a good deal more places had been set for dinner than guests I expected to be in attendance. Upon the table itself, placemats made of cut rose quartz shimmered in the moonlight. A mismatch of hand-painted clay goblets sat beside the wide-brimmed plates. And as Lyra ushered Devani and I into our places, I realized that the crockery came in matching sets. Devani's cup was sky blue, just as her plate was. At the center of the design, Lyra had rendered Devani on her paraglider, soaring through the skies above nightfalls. The campfire I so often spun stories over blazed in brushstrokes on my own dinner plate. Lyra opened a bottle of something she claimed to have made herself with a pop and poured Devani and I a drink before disappearing back to the campfire to stir the bubbling contents of the crockpot that hung above it. Wildflowers had been tucked inside the twine, keeping Lyra's hand-woven serviettes neatly rolled up. In the centre of the table, an arrangement of flowers that seemed to me to be the truest expression of Nightfall's beauty I had ever seen 
loomed brightly. Sunset carnations nodded to the oranges of the autumn just past. White snowdrops reminded me of the winter that whistled around us. And yellow buttercups seemed to make promise of the summer sun to come. All along the centre of the table, candles burned in the moonlight. I haven't the foggiest how she managed it, but bright glass lanterns hung from the canopy of trees that stretched out above us, shining the richest of reds and the deepest of purples as they bobbed gently in the breeze above us. Soon enough, the evening's mystery guests began to drift into the clearing, throwing their arms around our host and offering up gifts they had carried across the mountains as they made their way to Lyra's cottage. The first guest introduced herself to us as Astron, extending a hand to me. Astron must have spent hours walking across the mountains, and even though winter had settled on the region by then, her hand felt hot to the touch as I shook it. I didn't connect the dots until much later, when she explained to me that Unlike most people, who seemed always to be drawn to the heat and light of a fire, fire had always been drawn to Astron. It flowed through her, and from her. It even warmed her from within when she let it. Astrin talked about fire like I talked about Otto. She made the flames that leapt from the campfire sound just as excitable as I knew my dog to be. She said the fire craved affection. And that night, she showed me some of the tricks she had taught it as it jumped from her fingertips and drew shapes that crackled in the air between us. Astrin had cropped red hair and features that never found a moment to rest. Passion, like the fire she was so familiar with, seemed to flow through her every word you could always tell how Astrin felt about things, for on the rare occasion she didn't tell you herself, the arrangement of her features would give her away. Astrin sat across from Devani and I, toying with the wildflowers in her napkin as the others arrived. Amara seemed to float 
into the clearing on the evening breeze. There was a lightness about her, in the way the fabric of her dress swayed about her ankles. The pattern woven into the fabric itself seemed to dance upon her with every step she took. Amara had stunning jet black hair and deep brown eyes the moonlight couldn't help but dance across. There was lightness even in the lilts of her voice as she introduced herself. She settled into the seat beside Astron, and I left the pair to catch up for what sounded like the first time in a long time. The third and final guest to arrive looked as deeply rooted to the earth she stood upon as I often imagined Lyra to be. She had eyes the same mossy green as the forest thicket and chestnut brown hair bundled high on top of her head. She introduced herself as Inez before insisting that Lyra let me take care of the dinner as I had been offering to do. After much cajoling, Lyra joined her friends and Devani at the dinner table. It made me smile to see her amongst friends like that, talking fondly of a youth she had devoted to the mountains and the memories she had forged with the women who sat beside her. When the rice was fluffy, and the curry had cooked through. I gathered the plates and began to serve up dinner. That night, we dined by candlelight, sharing fresh naan bread and filling the gaps in what we knew about Lyra with the stories her friends told. Having perhaps overindulged a little, the need for sleep crept up on me sooner than was usual that night. Devandi and I were about to make our excuses when Astrin brushed the breadcrumbs off her legs, folded her napkin neatly on her plate, and came to stand. Shall we begin, ladies? she asked her hazel eyes twinkling by the candlelight. Inez, Amara, and Lyra joined Astron on their feet, and without explanation wandered over to the campfire, joining their hands around it. They drew a deep breath in together, and Devani and I watched in awe when in unison they closed their eyes, raised their linked hands to the sky, and began to recite an incantation. The words to their spell were old 
older than any I had ever come across before, or likely ever would. Whatever dialect the words had been drawn from, and whatever meaning they carried, they seemed to speak directly to time itself. In the ravine, the river stopped running. The breeze I'd felt at my back just moments before seemed breathless all of a sudden. When all was still in the clearing, the women tipped their faces up to the night sky and in the same breath opened their eyes to the moon. It seemed as though moonlight flowed through them and into the earth beneath their feet. A wave of silver light washed across the clearing and when it seemed as though their spell was complete Lyra wandered over to us and took a seat beside Devani. Welcome to the endless night, she beamed. There are some things in nightfalls that can only flourish by the moonlight. Plants and herbs, trees and fruits that only grow by the glow of the moon. In the normal cycle of day and night, those plants scarcely have time to begin growing before the sun rises on the clearing and forces them to retreat back into the soil once more, Lyra explained. We have always found the herbs and flowers that flourish in the night to be most potent. And so each year, on the same day, we gather together to put a pause to the rising sun. It would take everything out of me to cast a spell like this one alone. That's why we convene. To share the weight of the magic required to hold back the tide of time. The spell allows the forest time to flourish so that we can gather the herbs and flowers required for our work. We'll be off in just a moment to begin gathering the herbs. Please make yourself comfortable by the fire, Lyra insisted before she turned towards her friends. She was almost out of earshot when she said, There are certain side effects brought about by the endless night, some that I couldn't even begin to explain myself. But that's no matter. I'm sure they will explain themselves perfectly well later on. She smiled tossing the words over her shoulder carelessly and wandering into the thicket, as though they weren't all I would think about for however many hours or days endless transpired to mean.
as Lyra and her friends disappeared deeper into the forest. Devani and I relocated to the fireside, pulling over the cushions that had been used beside the dinner table to create a bed that we could stretch out across. Lying side by side, sinking deeper and deeper into those cushions, the calm and quiet of the night was all that crowded the air between us. The fire warmed my toes, and Devani placed her hand in mine as we drifted contentedly in and out of sleep. It had been hours by the time I finally looked out across the clearing. With the night extending its welcome well into the hours of the next day, the clearing had begun to show an entirely different face to the one I knew it by. Flowers, the likes of which I had never seen, had blossomed in the grass all around us. They were almost like the yellow buttercups that peppered the grasslands in the height of summer, save for the fact that their petals were the very same silver as the moon. Vines of deep blue and purple had begun to creep up the wall of Lyra's cottage. The bright colours reminded me of the oranges of autumn that seemed to burn brighter in nightfalls than anywhere else I had ever known. It struck me that perhaps in these mountains the nighttime was a season all of its own. All across the clearing, creatures that tended to keep their burrows by day had stayed up late and wandered out of the thicket to try and understand what had given the night cause to bleed into the day. Another hour passed and the root of an old willow tree I'd always thought to be rotten made sudden progress toward the heavens. Its trunk grew tall and its branches stretched wide as they formed. It was mere minutes before the thinner branches began to droop down towards the ground and surround Devani and I. Moments later, when the silver leaves sprouted from those hanging branches, Devani and I found ourselves closed off from the outside world, tucked up in the peaceful shelter of the willow tree. Each time I peeked beyond the boundary of the willow, it felt as though I was watching the forest take a deep breath in and sighing out in relief as it basked beneath the moonlight. 
At first, I thought the breath was the source of the breeze that suddenly carried across the clearing. It wasn't until the willow started to whisper in the wind, its leaves rustling against each other a little too loudly, that I realized it was the magic of the falls stirring around us. As I peered beyond the veil of willow leaves once more, I noticed that for all the life in the clearing that night, there was only one other, save for Devani and myself, that seemed to have taken a human form. I thought it was the evening breeze rustling the leaves of the willow tree, but as I followed the figure wrapped in long swathes of fabric around the parameter of the tree, I realized that the night was a quiet one, and the source of all the rustling was stood before me with its back turned shaking the branches of the willow tree to and fro, chuckling to itself. I wasn't sure what would be more startling if I were to call out to the figure or to simply tap it on the shoulder. I had spied its face from where I hid behind the leaves of the willow and though I didn't recognize it, I could mark its temperament a mile off. The magic of nightfalls had a desire to make mischief wherever it could, and a playfulness that eluded most people of a certain age. I didn't doubt that this was the side effect Lyra had been talking about before she disappeared into the thicket Perhaps, drunk on the moonlight that flooded the clearing, the magic of the falls was no longer able to hide its form. I cleared my throat, and the magic turned quickly on its heel. I got the sense it wasn't used to being seen, or rather caught, for its face flushed when my eyes met its own. Jeffrey, it nodded abruptly, as though we spoke every day. If I hadn't been certain before, its voice would have given its identity away. I knew that ancient sound. I'd heard it tumbling over the falls before. The one time it had spoken to me in the past... It was a thousand voices caught up on one tongue and loosed in a single breath. It was entirely unforgettable. Would you join us by the fire? I offered. The magic nodded. It had taken the shape of a wise woman and there was something about each of the women that had come to visit Lyra 
that I could recognize in its face. It had Lyra's familiar blue eyes and a head of short, rust-red hair that reminded me of Astron. It smiled at me with the same smile Amara had and followed me back around the willow tree with all the lightness I knew her to move with. It seemed to me that as Lyra and her friends had whipped up all the magic in the clearing and swept it onto their spell, the magic of nightfalls had caught a hold of anything it could, grasping onto the nose it wore now and the red hair that cropped at its ears. I pulled back the leaves of the willow tree and held open a door to the world within its branches for the magic to float through. Devani, the magic said, nodding in her direction by way of an introduction. Sit, please, I insisted, setting a cushion down beside its feet just across the campfire from us. The magic settled onto the ground and seemed to relax a little. Perhaps it was simply more used to laying low to the ground. I had often felt its presence in the clearing, clinging to the earth and washing around my ankles only to sweep across the forest floor when summoned. The magic sat quietly, watching Devani and I for a long time, before I thought to break the silence. I supposed it had gotten used to watching over us whilst we went about our day, often unaware of its presence around us. It was of comfort to me, knowing that the magic always had an eye out for us and would be close whenever we needed its help. Do you always have a form like this? I asked, when I could no longer keep my curiosity at bay. Barely ever, it replied. It feels as though you're everywhere most nights all across the clearing. Tonight is not most nights, it shrugged, as though that were an adequate explanation. The magic was toying with a thread that hung from the edge of its sleeve when I asked why it had come to settle in nightfalls and if it would always remain. I think I'll stay it said, humming to itself in agreement. The forest is a dear old friend. I can't imagine what I would do with my time if we weren't together all day. When I didn't reply, it went on. I can't form anything new. I can enact the forces within me on the flowers and nightfalls. I cannot make the very first seed of its kind. 
the forest can. She's quite marvelous in that way. She works much slower than I do. But look at what she has made. It smiled, waving a hand towards the willow tree and nodding to the forest beyond. I have merely dressed up things that she breathed into being. Perhaps it looks to you as though the only fruit in this forest hangs from the trees. But I'd wager that everything around you is the fruit of her labor. Wildflowers cover the forest floor because she likes them. And when I can sense them beginning to germinate beneath the surface of the earth, I draw them from the ground and will them to bloom just a little bit brighter so she can enjoy them all the more. I thought a pair of you were one and the same, Devani said, her brow furrowed as she tried to make sense of it all. On the contrary, quite different, the magic said, chuckling to itself. What should we call her? Devani asked, her hand brushing gently over the forest floor. Ask her yourself, the magic dared. What should I call you, forest? Devani asked, her voice barely a whisper. And in answer to her question, the name Dianthe spelled itself out in wildflowers that burst from the earth before us. Beside me, Devani fought a yawn, one that I couldn't help but catch off her. The night may well stretch on for several more spins of the earth, the magic sighed, stifling a yawn of its own. We ought to rest, it decided. And rest we did. That night, the three of us slept soundly beneath the shelter of the silver willow. Devani and I were satisfied to have uncovered at least some of the answers we sought. And so, as the endless night reeled on around us, we allowed ourselves to drift off into deep, dreams, with the magic at our side, and the forest as our friend.